0: early days, we'd use anything that worked that delivered results. We were using things that probably we would not use today, but not because they don't work, but because they're not acceptable anymore. They're not socially acceptable, whether that's parabens or certain types of oils we no longer use. And we found, I found alternatives that work almost as well.
1: If you've found yourself on skincare TikTok in the last couple of years, you've undoubtedly seen today's guest and his brand. He's the mind behind some of our favorite products from our favorite brands like Clinique, Revlon, L'Oreal. He's also the cosmetic chemist behind Hailey Bieber's brand, Road. Ron Robinson, after decades of experience, is the founder of one of my favorite skincare brands. It's really science-backed, data-driven, and it was the first to bring a 20% stabilized ascorbic acid to the market. The product has five patents, it's won countless awards, and if you've ever tried it, you definitely know why. Ron and I discuss his brand, his journey to becoming a cosmetic chemist, and we also talk about some of the buzziest ingredients right now, like collagen, bakuchiol, peptides. And if you want to know what's worth your money and what isn't, you'll just have to listen. I wanted to take a quick minute to thank you all who have taken the time to review and rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And I wanted to call out an especially sweet review that I got last week from Kiana. It says, I'm so happy I found a podcast that is so transparent with their information about skin and all things beauty. Amy, you really do a great job by asking your guests the questions listeners are really thinking and want the answers to, from civil beauty tips to treatments that are worth every penny. The podcast really covers it all. 10 out of 10 recommend. And then she goes on to recommend a guest for the show, which is so sweet because I'm always looking for more skin enthusiasts to have on the show. So thank you so much, Kiana, for that kind review and for letting me know someone that you would want to come on the show. And as a thank you, I'd love to send you a little box of goodies for taking the time to write this. Just slide into my DMs, let me know it was you, and I'll send over a box of some goodies. And with that, let's get into today's episode. First, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I know you're a very busy man, so thanks for taking the time out of your day to just educate us a little bit on skincare.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. I've been a fan, so thank you for having me. Oh, Thank you.
1: Okay. So I want to start off by asking, I like to ask everyone this, what is your earliest skincare memory?
0: Yeah. So just I've been around many years in the industry, but before I got into the industry, my earliest memory are using Biore pore strips. That was one of the things that I really remember me and I remember my... Friends at the time were all doing this, you know, pore strip thing, putting these strips on our noses, letting them dry down, and then peeling them off and then seeing like all the gross, you know, clogged stuff that was in our mm-hmm. pores come out. And I think that was the, that was my first foray into before I actually became a cosmetic chemist. So that's my first memory of really love it. Treating, treating my skin. And it was funny, it's, it's that having that instant gratification of seeing the results was, interestingly enough, has driven me since then.
1: I love that. So for the audience who doesn't know, can you tell us a little bit about your career journey? You've you've worked on brands that we all know and love and on products that we all know and love that are near and dear to our hearts. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your kind of early career journey and how you got to where you are now.
0: Yeah, I call myself the accidental cosmetic chemist because it was not my intention. I grew up with parents who wanted their kids to become a either a doctor or a lawyer, and me and my two brothers, we tended to do well in science. That's what we did. We did pre-med, studying biology and chemistry, and two of my brothers went on to become medical doctors. I, on the other hand, didn't know what I wanted to do, so I ended up trying and going to med school. I realized it was not for me. I dropped out after one year and went, started to send out resumes, and Clinique hired me as a cosmetic chemist back in 1990 and that's how I started my career in this industry. Accidentally fell into it.
1: Wow. I love that. Clinique is one of my favorite brands. Not only I not only do I love their products, but also just from a brand story perspective and my earliest skincare memory is sitting in one of those chairs with a woman in a white coat giving me the three-step system. So, I absolutely love that brand. And you've worked on many others. So, what was it like working on these huge brands so early on when really it was like Just the impetus of skincare and all the excitement. How was it working on these kind of brands?
0: It was super exciting. Keep in mind, this is pre-social media, pre-internet. So there was no TikTok or Instagram or any place where consumers can see and hear about products and people reviewing them before YouTube, how I learned and was able to test products with consumers is actually having them come inside to the lab and actually try them on there for the first time. And that's how I was able to interact with consumers. Or what we used to do is we used to go to the shopping mall and stand outside of the clipboard and stop consumers and ask them questions about their beauty routine in exchange for $10, $20, et cetera, just to hear them hear about what products they're using, what they like and dislike. And that's how we gained market research back then. So that's what we used to do in order to learn about what the consumer was looking for and how we might actually be able to develop products that really exceeded their expectations.
1: Wow. So what a change to how it is now, right, where you have all this information at your fingertips, probably more than you could want, right, bombarding your TikTok and Instagram feed all the time. So I want to get to that in a little bit. But what are some things early on that Maybe I, I don't know if you want to call them mistakes or just things that were done differently that really have changed the way you formulate now.
0: Yeah, I think because of information and how readily available, how much how savvy consumers are being, I think, as I formulate now, I have to think about not only delivering results but doing so in a way that's always being sustainable. not. Making sure that everything that I use, all the ingredients that I use, are not going to have any negative concerns by consumers. So I, again, that's what I have to think about. Back early days, we'd use anything that worked that delivered results. We were using things that probably we would not use today. Well, not because they don't work, but because they're not acceptable anymore. They're not socially acceptable. Whether that's parabens or certain types of oils, we no longer use. And we found, I found alternatives that work almost as well. And that we do that specifically just not to make sure the consumer feels really good about everything that's in our product.
1: I love that you bring up this point. I think it's a good point to hone in on a little bit because in the industry, there's a lot of talk around, quote unquote, clean beauty and ingredients that we should be avoiding. And you as the expert know that the vast majority of these ingredients are very safe for us to use, but still then as a formulator and as the owner of your own skincare brand, you still have to make those choices because it's really about, like you said, what the consumer is looking for. So I think this is a good point that just because you see so many brands avoiding these ingredients doesn't mean that they're necessarily harmful. It's just that brands have to follow exactly what you said, the social norms and what people are expecting from their products.
0: Definitely. And I think when we think about where if we really wanna make a stance and feel there's nothing else to replace that ingredient, we double down and use it, but we are very transparent about it and we educate, we dispel any myths around that ingredient. So it's really clear to the consumer why we're using it. But in in some cases, it might be easily replaceable or not too hard to replace. And if that's the case, we replace it and just try to give the, the consumer a very conscious product.
1: I really love that. And I want to, we're going to get to Beauty Staff because it's a really exciting brand and you guys have won many awards. You're doing really exciting, very different things. And I want to get to that. I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, your social media is so educational. I learned so much just scrolling through before our chat. And I wanted to ask you about a couple of things I, I saw you mention. And one of them is the skin proteome. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And also maybe give us a little one on a 101 on peptides in skincare.
0: Definitely. So skin proteome is definitely an exciting field or, or, or type of research that's being done now. So we've all heard about the skin microbiome, and that's all of the organisms living on or within our skin, whether that's bacteria, uh, viruses, etc. And these are healthy for us. We, we need these in order to make, make our skin look and feel and function at its best. Another level of... I guess, the world of proteins, the proteins found within our skin, and that's the skin proteome. So collagen is the most abundant protein found in our skin, but there are other proteins. And I think the skin proteome or proteomics is the study and research of all the proteins found within an organism, in this case, our skin. And what I think is exciting about that is... There are other proteins in our skin that we need. Obviously, we know collagen, but there's elastin and there's others. What is exciting about this research is that scientists are able to discover new ingredients based on how they're able to affect the skin proteome. So basically, think about in a lab setting, if you have X amount of proteins and you're able to add an ingredient and all of a sudden you find you're seeing a stimulation in perhaps collagen or elastin or other proteins. It's a way to discover new and exciting and novel technologies and ingredients that may have some really good effects later on. So I think it's a a field of study where I'm really excited about what's new.
1: So in my head, I'm imagining a bunch of scientists in lab coats with Petri dishes with collagen and elastin just putting different ingredients in each one, just watching, waiting to see what happens. Is that kind of what it is?
0: what it is. It's really just looking at what can what is going to help stimulate those skin proteins. And it's a way of, again, finding new and novel ingredients that might be able to really make a difference in our skin.
1: I love that. And so in your opinion, now peptides is an umbrella term. There's so many different types of peptides, some of them infer a a benefit to our skin and some don't. But do you think peptides are promising in this area?
0: Definitely. I think peptides are really exciting. First of all, there's so many peptides, let's define it, they're chains of amino acids. And what they do is they create a a chemical signal within our skin to take certain actions. Some peptides can stimulate and help repair skin's barrier. Some can help stimulate collagen. And what I'm excited about at BeautyStat is leveraging new and exciting neuropeptides, which work to send signals to our facial muscles, asking them to relax. And thus, creating this almost topical derm injection type of effect.
1: Okay. I would love to talk about that a little bit. I know that you have a new moisturizer that recently launched. Is that a moisturizer that you're using those ingredients in, or is this going to be a product that's coming later?
0: That's the new product we just launched. Ooh. The new peptide Wrinkle Relaxing Moisturizer.
1: Okay. So tell us a little bit about that, because I have It seems like nearly all my friends are pregnant right now, and they're all looking for something they can use instead of their retinoids. So I actually put one aside to give to a friend of mine, and I would love to hear a little bit about the technology.
0: Yes. Peptides and neuropeptides are actually not new, but what is exciting is that there's been some really great advancements in the neuropeptides that are available today. So we leverage two of them at pretty high levels in our new peptide wrinkle relaxing moisturizer. And this combination is working to again send signals to our facial muscles via topically. So you're applying the product to the skin, and it's sending signals to the, our muscles underneath, whether that's in our forehead, our 11 lines, our nasal labial folds, or marionette lines, working to help telling to tell the muscles to chill out, relax, thus smoothing the skin, making those expression lines and wrinkles less visible, and. We not only stop, we don't stop there, we also add other ingredients like glucosamine, which is an amino sugar, and that works to help you know, plump the skin from within, as well as hyaluronic acid and polyglutamic acid, which work as humectants to draw moisture to the skin. So it's really a comprehensive effect of not only relaxing those facial muscles, plumping up the skin from within, and also keeping the skin hydrated from the outside uh, in as well.
1: Wow, that's really exciting. So that, to me, is one of the most fascinating ways that peptides can work on our skincare because I think up until now, we didn't really think anything could have that effect on the skin. But there are other peptides, too. There's, we have like carrier peptides, peptides that do other things. Do you employ any other types of peptides in your products, or are you mostly focused on these neurotransmitter peptides?
0: Right now in this product, the neurotransmitter, or I should say the neuropeptides are the mm-hmm. ones focused on right now we are looking at them for few other types of peptides in the future as well and again we again always looking at what's new and different and how do we formulate how do i formulate to make those products really effective because again there's there are a lot of ingredients you could, you, that i have at my fingertips but it's the combination and level that really matters and yeah. about it it's always looking at it from a comprehensive approach and not trying to just do it with one most times it really requires a combination of ingredients to do, and that, yeah, that's my approach to formulation. And I, I think from a higher level, looking at how I think about formulating, it's always about leveraging gold standard ingredients and making them better, making them within, without any downside, with any consumer doesn't have to compromise and really unlocking their full potential.
1: I love that. So this kind of brings me to a topic I wanted to talk about with you. And when you mentioned gold standard ingredients, because there are a few, and obviously some that you employ, which we'll talk about as well, but a few ingredients, I would say sunscreen filters, vitamin C and retinoids that are the gold standard that everyone really quote unquote should be using. But now that there's so much innovation in this space, do you think there's actually any validity to the quote-unquote retinoid alternative argument? Do you think anything will ever replace the retinoid, which right now is like the top of the top for anti-aging? Just, I think, because we have so many years Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: experience and research with it versus some of these newer ingredients, is anything really promising to you?
0: Yeah, nothing is working exactly. And when the term retinoid alternative gets kicked around, you think about what are the net effects on the skin? Are you seeing really a healthy, healthier looking skin, less lines, less wrinkles, and for improvement in firmness and in hyperpigmentation? Retinol has a special way of doing that. And basically, it's connecting to the retinoid receptor within our skin and signaling cell turnover and collagen stimulation. We are seeing some innovations with other ingredients that are really. Can attach to that retinoid receptor and then signal the same type of of reaction, but they're all considered retinoids. They're they're in, they're still <laughs> yeah. the family of retinoids. So right. you have things like Makuchiol, which <laughs> is it's coined as the, the, this natural retinol retinoid alternative. It doesn't work on the same pathway. It doesn't. It's not working on the retinoid receptor like like retinoids do. But it does. There are some clinical studies which show it does show benefits with less irritation. So I think that's fine to to say if a brand wants to say that, but I think at the end of the day nothing is working like a retinoid. Yeah. <laughs> of, yes, it has downsides and and again, thinking about beauty stat and its positioning. That could be an opportunity for us. How do we unlock the, really the potential of retinoid without its downside and yet have it truly be a retinoid, not being something else, which we're making up and saying it's, a, it's an alternative? So that could be an opportunity for, for us down the line or other brands, perhaps.
1: This episode is brought to you by, well, me. Skinthusiast.com is your one-stop shop for all things skin, hair, and beauty. I have countless blog posts to educate you on all the skin concerns and most common skin questions I receive. We also have a complete skincare basics guide on our shop page, as well as the cutest in my skin era crewnecks. If you want to support the show, please head over to skinthusiast.com forward slash shop and don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts okay so I want to talk a little bit about you are the resident kind of cosmetic chemist for Road which has been a, a skincare line that's become very popular amongst my generation it's all over our social media and I have to say I was so pleasantly surprised when that line was sent to me because I just thought, oh it's another skin celebrity skincare line I'm not interested and slowly I started trying all these products. And I was like, wow, I'm really impressed. And then I saw that you were behind all the, the formulations. So I was like, okay, this makes sense. She really did her due diligence and got a really good team behind her. And that's why these products are so stellar. So what was your experience um, with that brand? And and how did you approach those formulations?
0: Yeah. And thank you. Yes, I'm really proud of them. I'm proud of my products and proud of road products as well. And I think. My approach is really understanding Haley's vision for the brand, really what she wanted to do and how she wanted to help consumers' skin, especially her target consumer, which are late teens, 20s to early 30s, really her age range, mm-hmm. and thinking about how, what she really wants. It's really about, it's about barrier repair. It's about creating a really glazed donut look, as she coined the term, and, all types of products, that could deliver that in every step, from lip to face, from moisturizer, and now cleanser. Uh, that's, that is her goal. That's her vision. So once I understand what results she wants, then I really look at my what's out there, what type of ingredients are really going to work the best that are a combination of new and exciting as well as tried and true. And that's been my approach in thinking about, again, what does she want for her consumer base? And just offering up all of those ingredients that could help deliver for that.
1: Do you find it difficult to move back and forth? Because obviously your brand is very science driven, right? It's everything you do is, but it's just it's on such a different level of what you're expecting with results and, and things like that. Do you find it hard to jump between these different brands that you work on with your own? Or have you just been doing it for so long that once you understand the target audience and what the Founders looking for, you can switch your brain into that mode and just go straight forward.
0: The latter. Basically, it's understanding the target and then deciding what's. I, I come across new ingredients every day. So I know the target for road. I know this could be a great ingredient for road, or this could be a great ingredient for beauty set. In some cases, both.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. So I want to talk about Beauty Stop for a moment because you guys really your vitamin C is unlike any other vitamin C on the market. You were the first, I think, to have a twenty percent. Is it L-ascorbic acid that's stabilized? Correct.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Yeah.
1: And so you say that it's good from the first drop to the last, which any of us who have spent a pretty penny on a vitamin C serum knows that's not always the case. And it's a dagger to your heart when it goes bad. So can you tell us a little bit about how that's possible and the formulation that you have with that product?
0: Yes. Yeah, so it's I, I had mentioned that after I left working for corporate, I started BeautyStat as a blog. I became this go to resource from beauty editors, news journalists. As a resource for anything beauty, from ingredients, trends, technologies, and one of the questions I would get asked a lot about is, why is vitamin C unstable? How can a consumer shop vitamin C and get a good vitamin C? So that got me thinking, what if I could stabilize pure vitamin C? That might be a holy grail of beauty. So spent five years researching that and came up with got five patents on that technology, and... Wanted, the aesthetics had to be great as well and making sure we had a product that looked and felt good and was, as you said, shelf stable, three to five year shelf life. And the last step was just making sure that did it test in an independent clinical setting to deliver fantastic results. And that was the last step. And after we did the testing, I was floored, Amy, with the results that we got from that testing. In every parameter, fine lines, wrinkles, uneven skin tone, hyperpigmentation, even the diminishment of pores, helping to shrink the pores, this product did. And that's what compelled me to launch BeautySat, the skincare brand, with that product, the, the Universal C Skin Refiner, as the star product for us at the time
1: yeah yeah it makes sense that was your launch because it's just so innovative and I think it really drew a lot of eyes on the company which was exciting I, re- I remember when you guys launched and it was just everywhere and you've been so successful you've won so many awards you've been you were you started in a small amount of altas and then you guys did so well that they wanted you and many more so it's just really exciting and I am personally a huge fan of the cleanser yeah. because it's I have never felt a cleanser like that in my life. It's one I recommend often to my patients who have dry sensitive skin. And it's, I wish that like this could be a touch and feel podcast because it's (laughs) so unique. There's no way to explain it to the audience. Can you tell us a little bit about what makes it so special?
0: Yeah. So the, I think the inspiration was during COVID and obviously there's a lot of fear about that bacteria and viruses specifically. And, my approach was: How do we develop a cleanser that is mindful of, or was able to really distinguish the bad bacteria, which is which is can cause acne and aggravate acne and breakouts, and can be detrimental to our skin to our skin, while maintaining the healthy bacteria and microbiome of our skin? So, the inspiration was finding an ingredient that could help us selectively. Get rid of the good and keep the bad. And yet, cleanse the skin. We think of cleansing, of removal, but yet keep keep the skin hydrated. And we found medical-grade silver. Silver has been used traditionally in, in medicine, internally and externally for many years, known for its antibacterial properties. And this specific medical-grade silver that we use in this cleanser, again, is able to selectively get rid of the bad bacteria and maintain the healthy bacteria. So we did clinical testing, which is unusual for a cleanser to do independent hmm. testing on a cleanser. Wanted to make sure that it leaves the skin more hydrated after you've cleansed than before, which is very tough to do. Most cleansers have some level of stripping. We only have one cleanser right now. So we want to make sure it could work for all skin types, whether you're, you're dry or oily or combination. And the results have been fantastic. This cleanser is like a, a, one of our highest rated products. It's one, really one of the sleeper products in, in our line. So thrilled, yeah. thrilled to be able to bring that uh, to market.
1: Yeah. And I love that you mentioned sleeper products because I think cleansers and moisturizers are often regarded as just there and anyone will do. And what really matters is your serum and your retinoid and all those other things. But I, one thing I tell my patients is they will make or break your routine. And oftentimes if I have somebody coming into me and they're saying, I've been using this for two years and it's not doing this, or it's so making me irritated. I'm like, it's not this, it's not this product that's doing that, it's everything else that you're using. Really, we have to look at our routine so comprehensively and make sure that the cleanser and the moisturizer are really suitable for our skin.
0: Definitely, so key, definitely key. Cleansing is one of those parts of the routine. It's a start. It's your start. You want to make sure you get start from the right foot and that's cleansing. Yeah.
1: And it really removes well too. Like my sunscreen and everything at the end of the day, it does a good job, but I definitely can tell when I remove the cleanser that it didn't strip my skin or strip it of all those natural oils that I want to stay there.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah.
1: It feels really good, really comfortable, no like dry and tight feeling. So I'm just a huge fan of that product. Thank you. And I wanted to rapid-fire ask you some questions about some popular topical ingredients that are all over right now, one of them being topical collagen inside of our products.
0: Yeah. It's a great marketing story. I think collagen topically can hydrate it. It's not really – it's not – it's a molecule that's too big to actually penetrate the skin. So you're not going to put it on and then replace or boost your own collagen because it's gotten in there. So potentially good moisturizer. But probably a little bit overhyped, especially if that's the what it's if that's the message that it's going to penetrate and actually build your collagen from outside in.
1: Yeah, even if they don't have any claims of that, you see the word collagen, and the consumer thinks one to one collagen yes. equals collagen, and that's not the story.
0: That's no, not the case.
1: And what about hypochlorous acid? There's new products coming out all the time with hypochlorous acid. What are your thoughts? And it's so funny because I get so many messages like, I can't use that product, it smells like bleach. I'd love to hear your take on it as a chemist.
0: Yes, yeah, that's the acid that's found in a lot of disinfectant and cleaning products. And at high levels, it's a very effective there. But at lower levels, it can be very effective in, in skincare products for, for those that might be acne prone or tend to have very sensitive skin low levels when formulated correctly it can really be a good product and so so i i I'm in, I'm in favor of it just you know understand it's not a clorox it's it's not going to be to be damaging to your skin it's formulated at the right level low enough level to just be effective at skin care
1: yeah i i saw actually a TikTok recently just scrolling my for you page and it was someone she was holding a bottle of clorox wipes like why don't yeah. i just buy these it's much cheaper and my heart stopped yeah, right. a little bit
0: next no, you don't, want to, you don't want to put a Clorox in your face. Yes,
1: please don't do that. <laughs> and we touched on Bakuchi already, but I, I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts on that in using it in formulations. I tend to like it in conjunction with my retinoid. I would never replace it, but I think it has great antioxidant properties. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it.
0: To- totally agree. Definitely can be used in combination with other ingredients. I think at the end of the day, it's looking at the product and seeing what testing it has to support any claims it's making. Well, crucial in combination with other things, it might be a good worth the trip if it's if formulated correctly. And again, if they have testing to back up those claims.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point to hone in on for this episode. We have a society right now that is so interested in the inky list and decoding every single ingredient and what I call ingredient shopping, where they go to Sephora now and they're looking for an ingredient, not the end result. And I think you know better than anybody that what's combined in that formulation, at what levels, the entire experience, all of that is really what's important, not the single ingredient, because they could slap a name on the front and it could be at a level that's not even giving us any benefit. So I always like to say, sit back and let the chemists do what they do and then- especially when you have a brand who invests in testing it's so helpful because then you can understand okay what's the end goal like shop for your concern and for your end goal not for the ingredient you think that you want or need
0: that is for sure totally agree totally agree
1: one question i think whenever i have um, somebody from a brand on here we're all kind of bombarded with information, what is a good place to start? If you had to pick two or three products from the brand that you think are the most beneficial or that people will like the most, where would you direct them?
0: I'll speak to my brand specifically first. Mm -hmm. I want you to start with my cleanser. Big believer, I think that's the one of the most overlooked part of of your skincare routine. So I'd like you to start there. And our cleanser, we think it's great for all skin types, all ages. Then I would certainly recommend a good moisturizer we have one with our universal probio moisture boost cream packed with hyaluronic acid and ceramides and mushroom extracts and then a sunscreen Yes, yeah, so we that's have 30 broad spectrum that's a great place to start
1: and i have to say also that your vitamin c i think no one should sleep on that one i think that's one of a really good place to start with a, with your brand as well because it's just so fantastic, and it's really affordable for what you're getting compared to some of the other serums on the market that aren't as well-stabilized.
0: It is, and Amy, one thing we've recommended for folks that might be sensitive to vitamin C is doing the vitamin C sandwich, which is getting used to it. It's a period of time where you're building up your tolerance to a vitamin C, and you can do this with a retinoid as well, and that's where you apply it over your moisturizer. So you have a little buffer in between of your skin and that treatment, so that you could you're getting very little low levels of it and then you can work your way up to using it on, on skin and then following with your moisturizer after that so that's a, a pro tip that i recommend for anyone who is trying to get into a more functional or active ingredient like a vitamin c or retinoid
1: i love that and i had i've never heard anybody recommend doing that with vitamin C but I recommend it often with a retinoid and inevitably the comment I get back is that's going to inhibit the product from penetrating I'm like yeah that's the point so I think I'm glad to hear you say that from your perspective because I think sometimes things People think we're crazy for recommending that, but there is some science behind it, right? I I had never heard it with a vitamin C. So that's a really fantastic tip. And with it being a 20% higher on the range of L-ascorbic acid, do you recommend people can they start daily or do you recommend starting like every other day or just go for it?
0: Yeah, you could do daily, you could and alternate. I love vitamin C in the morning. Vitamin C mm-hmm. could be used twice a day, but because it's such a powerful antioxidant. I really love it in the morning, so you're getting some protection from the elements. And again, powerful antioxidants going to protect you and eat up those free radicals that could, could cause trouble for us later. But yes, and again, AM and PM, morning preferred, and sandwich it if, it's, if you're trying to build up your tolerance to it. It really is a really great ingredient for the skin. I definitely recommend you introduce one to your routine and find one that works for you.
1: And do you personally use your vitamin C morning and evening?
0: Absolutely. Here's my routine for you. It's my cleanser. Yes, tell us. Yes, my cleanser, my vitamin C serum. And then now I'm using our peptide wrinkle relaxing moisturizer as well. That's my three-step every day. And then in the mornings, I go in with my sunscreen as well, my set sunscreen, SPF 50 mineral sunscreen.
1: Okay, amazing. That I'm sure answered a lot of questions. And what's next for the brand? Anything coming down the pipeline that we can expect from you guys? Anything exciting?
0: Uh, we have a, potentially have a we brand coming down the line, which is oh, just, nice. just a, a new look and feel for the brand. Looking at later this year, perhaps early next year. So super excited about that.
1: Oh, that's really exciting. Amazing. And I think it's hard to, when you start, your formulations are, I think, so just nailed down. Like you have... Everything right, it's probably hard to, to do much with the formulation. So I guess you're you just that's where you look, right? Let's how do we change the branding because the formulations are really special and so well thought out. Where I think a lot of brands, when they don't have someone at the helm like you, it can be a little bit more difficult. And what is your most underrated skin tip? Yeah, something cleansing. that is easy. I love it.
0: Cleansing, it's overlooked. It's really it's the start. It's where you start. A good cleanser. That's really the start of a good skincare routine. It, it just builds from there. Without the right foundation, the setting, and getting rid of dirt, oil, and debris, helping to maintain skin's microbiome and the healthy bacteria, then you go in with your products to follow. So I think it's really the place to start overlooked, underrated.
1: Yeah, so true. And one last question. If you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh my goodness! What would I tell my younger self? Enjoy the moment. This this ride goes by so quickly, and I wish I'd savored every moment, all the good times, and all the exciting, and all the wins, and all the learnings, and even the mistakes. Really, if I enjoyed the moment and didn't stress so much, I would. It would just be that would would be what I would tell my younger self. Really, embrace the moment and enjoy the process, and. It would just be just really good. That would be what I'd recommend.
1: I love that. That's powerful advice. Thank you so much, Ron, for taking the time to chat with us. I am such a huge fan of the brand, so I can't wait for the audience to try it out too. I'm sure many of them already have. Like I said, it's everywhere, but for those who haven't, I'm really excited for them to have a little deep dive on it and, and try something new. So thank you for taking the time out of your schedule.
0: Amy, thank you so much for having me. This was a delight. Thank you again. Of course,
1: Anytime. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with cosmetic chemist, Ron Robinson. He is so incredibly smart and he's really the mind behind so many of our favorite formulations. I really hope that you learned something new. If you want to win a box of beauty stat goodies, all you have to do is follow him on social media. His handle is at Ron Robinson, cosmetic chemist. Follow me at Amy Koberling and let us know in our reel that we post together, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? And one lucky winner is going to get my favorites from the brand. As always, if you have a second to rate and review the show, please do. It really helps us to get to the ears of more skin enthusiasts and I'll talk to you next week.